Welcome back to the Beers and Steers podcast. Week seven. The corny dogs were sweet. Victory was sweeter. It was a fun Saturday. John, how was the flight home? Uh, great, great flight both ways. Worked out well as always. Shout out Southwest Airlines. Um, was, I guess that's my shout out. I just used it already. But um, <clears throat> it was it was packed with Horns fans this year. It normally is like. 25% burn orange, but this year it was packed. They took a picture of everybody on the way home. It was like the, the lady who like checks your boarding pass as you get on the plane. She came on with like this really formal looking Canon camera. Oh, wow. And uh, took a picture. So I was all over the Southwest social media on Sunday trying to find the picture. But uh, great, great flight. Uh, even better day. Thank you for hosting us in that town. Um, corn dogs were really good this year. They were pretty good. If I had to, you know, Pizza review scale, they're a solid, solid nine three. Um, yeah, Ford and I had uh we had a we had a first corn dog and beer probably about eight fifteen. So about right. And that was you know the day only got better from then on, which is awesome. Um, the weather was perfect. It was it was it was an awesome Saturday. I think the quality of corn dog maybe due to something. It it didn't feel that crowded in the fairgrounds this year. Um, Ooh, I disagree. Com- compared to it didn't i mean it was crowded as it always is but it wasn't as crowded like i never never had ridiculous issues with getting beer or food um, yeah yeah i guess that's true they, they changed up the beer situation at old mill and i was not a fan of just <laughs> that that did not make me happy old yeah, mill was not great. nearly as crowded I, i'll give you that that wasn't nearly as crowded after the game yeah um, it's which was almost like the new location of the beer stand made it feel less crowded I think those new beer gardens, I think they add one or two or not add, but you know, they just make them better each year. I think a lot of people go to those and I had a few coworkers who just watched the game there and they said it was great. Like it's just so Yeah, the TV setup is much better at those other other locations. Right. Um I don't know. All in all in just kind of a kind of the perfect Saturday. Um (laughs) lovely little Saturday. Lovely little shot Saturday. All right, uh John, beer of the week. Beer of the week, you kind of already stole it. Um, it was going to be Moto Light in a wax cup because I still can taste them. Uh, I literally had a decent amount of those, tried to spend all, all the tickets decent? I could. Came home with uh, about 30 tickets left, unfortunately. Just just, just ran out of time. Uh, Ruby, shout out to you. We we hung around as long as we could. Just probably stayed till about 6 o'clock and, and had a good time and met a nice fella whose name was apparently Jason Garrett. It was not Jason Garrett. <laughs> uh, rather large African-American man who was telling us all about his time when he was a quarterback at uh, some high school in, in Dallas. But it was super cool. Super uh, fun. I so think we, that was Jason Garrett. Yeah, yeah, it, it was It was funny. I think he thought we were a lot more drunk than we were, but we weren't. But, <laughs> um, yeah, that's Beer of the Week was the uh, mini Miller Lights. And I guess let me just rephrase it, the, the cool, not chilled, the cool no, Miller Lights. Yeah, the, in, if if anyone was worried if the beer was going to be too cold at that game, don't worry. It it was just as lukewarm as you thought it was going to be. <laughs> I want to give a shout out to uh, Jonathan. The uh, he was running the concession stand right behind our uh, whatever our section, and um, it was like two thirty seconds left in the fourth quarter, and it was a time. It was time was stopped, and he was like, "All right." That guy, like second person in line, like last one. They don't get any more beer. I was like fourth. Like I thought that that sir, go outside right now and check. And he runs outside. He's like, all right, you got thirty seconds. I was like, yeah, that's what I thought. And uh, and then the line, you know, just took forever. And he was going back out to check. And I was like, oh, whoa, wait a second, Jonathan. Um, or I was like, what's your name again? He's like, Jonathan. I'm like, oh, where are you from? He's like, Texarkana. Like, what are you asking? I was like, oh, did you play ball at Texarkana? He was like, yeah, man, I played tight end. We talked, you know, starts getting after. He's like, you're just stalling me so I don't go out there, right? I was like, no, 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 I'm just trying to talk to you, man. Sure enough, he runs out there. I was next up in line and bought six beers and gave two to the guy behind me. So there you go. I think that's how, that's, how, how you do it. That's the that's the that's a good good move. I I I actually did not buy. Actually, no, I did in the first half, but uh, I went out at halftime and got beers and. I, I've been out at halftime a couple of years in a row now, but this year they did not care at all. Like people were just yeah. walking into the stadium. It was I the heard weirdest. Multiple people say that weirdest deal. They didn't take my little 
I don't even know yeah. what you call it, the, the ticket thing. Get back in that pass. Yeah. <laughs> like the, the get out of jail free card. Yeah. <laughs> looks, looks, look alike. It's what but, it yeah, looks it's, like. Yeah. It, it was just the weirdest thing. They're just like, yeah, come on in. And uh, speaking of last, last comment on beer, but it was cool seeing all like the, the guys who go up and down the aisles uh, who they all shifted. Like they knew they weren't going to make money on the OU side. They all. All the yellow shirts oh, were up and down. I the didn't aisles. think about that. In the third quarter, it was the guys were everywhere. They were like ants. It was hilarious. And then, see, they don't come. We were up in the upper deck, so they don't really come up there that okay. often. Well, Damn, uh, I didn't think about that. That's, that's pretty smart. Um, we were in the shaded underneath the upper deck, and I'm not gonna lie, that was really nice. Damn, <laughs> you know, classical music is playing right now. Hoity toity. <laughs> they actually had a guy fanning me too. It was great. Yeah, it's that guy's called your dad. Um, <laughs> and I think he was fanning himself. Uh wine and cheese crowd was obviously doing fine. Glad to hear it. Yep, we're still there. Uh the real fans were standing the whole time and uh, actually cheering. All right, right let's go to some football. That's not fair. I was standing. <laughs> All there's, right. there's there's photo evidence of me standing. Let's talk about stuff that actually matters and not yeah. just cold cold beer all right objectively as a football fan on a scale of one to ten how bad was that game it was, it was a horrible game i mean it was a solid three four maybe just so ugly it was over i mean you could argue it was over after that fourth down stop but really it was over first drive into the second or into the third quarter you know arguably actually the first drive um when they punt it right they punt or they no downs yeah sorry um, it was just, I don't know. It, it never, it, and it's Texas obviously had all the momentum, but there was never one singular play, which only made it more kind of dull. Like, does that make sense? Well, they, they did go, they did punt on their first possession, by the way, but no, they punted on their, no, they, they on downs on their first possession. The second, uh, no, second, half, no. second half, second half. Oh, second half. Oh, second wow. Half, you're, I, I would say, I, I knew the game was. You remember when it was? I think it was our it was our third possession, and it was a we just flipped to the field. It was like third and one on their side of the field. We were heading back towards our side, and the O line pretty much made it so Roshan didn't get touched until like seven yards past the uh, the first down. And that went out there. I was like, okay, in their in their side of the uh, in their side of the, the stadium, we just. We survived what was likely was a turning point in the game, and then from that point on, it was just the whole playbook was open, and they were they weren't going to stop us. You know, I think everyone's going to say like the field goal was very telling, the fake field goal was very telling mm-hmm. of what everyone realized was a very lopsided game. But there was still we could have messed that up. Like uh, viewers was almost threw a pick. I think that next possession, yes, uh, the one we yeah, ultimately scored on, bounced on it basically. Yeah, yeah, that just was a. That was just a really bad Oklahoma football team. Um, yes. But I don't care because it felt amazing because we've been on the other side of that plenty of times. Yeah, I agree. Um, that game, it doesn't matter. I don't care if quarterback's out. I don't give a shit. You win by that much. It's fun. Biggest shutout um, in Texas OU history. Largest, I think, uh, win margin, I think, since the 63-14. Uh, when was that? That was in, like, 20 20- – I can't remember when. Uh, 20... 65 13 was in 2000 and early 2010s. Yeah. I think it was maybe 2012. Yeah. We were freshmen. Yeah. Um, really? So, largest, largest margin since then. I mean, but the shutout is just the, you know, absolute chef's kiss on, on the end of it or on top of that. I really sh- should see. I mean, I, th- again, you, you mentioned it though. Oh, you really is bad. That was, that was a really bad team. And just talking about them in general, it's hard to get, it's going to be hard to put a lot of emphasis on this game looking forward just because of how terrible they look, so especially on defense. I yeah. mean, I know, I know they're missing Bowman, but the guy, they just moved their starting corner to safety. It's not like, you know, and it's not like we really targeted their corners that often, I would argue. Um, yeah, agreed. I mean, we it was very much a stat. Like we 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 made it very clear that the offensive line and Larkin mentioned that the offensive line was going to be the difference maker in this game, and they came out and established once once we got through the little jitters of of that first possession, mm-hmm. it was like okay, we can manhandle these guys, and they just set the tone the rest of the way. Uh, before we get into the little p- different groups, I. I'm really glad we waited to do this podcast this week till Thursday night <laughs> because it kind of gave us time to get off the high of yes. what, you know, beating 
you know, that game every year, doesn't matter how bad of a season you're having before or after it is a, it is like a, a just a huge, like a, it's emotionally taxing. point. Like it is, I don't, I don't know what it is. It's just like, it doesn't matter how bad or good you are. It is like a, just a moment in the season that like you look, it's like a turning point, no matter what. And to win like that, it was like such a shot in the arm of all Texas Longhorn football nation that I think it was a quick high of like, Oh wow. That was like amazing. Quinn's back. Woo. But in reality, you kind of have to step back and look, and that was a really bad Oklahoma team that's yes. likely going to be the worst, if not the second-to-worst team in the Big 12. So mm. while it's great to do what we did, um, we need to go do it on bigger stages now. So um, let's, I guess, stay on the game. But that, that I'm glad we waited to do this because I was still on a high like Tuesday. <laughs> I agree. No, I agree. I was – well, I was sick Tuesday. But, yes, I agree. Um yeah, uh, the uh, Ridgedale household went um, Saturday. The the future McLaughlin was uh, sick with uh, a bug, and then the current McLaughlin got said bug a Monday night. So we went straight from COVID. Oh, no, more of a stomach type of bug. Um, it was it was pretty bad. It was a pretty bad, you know, couple of days <laughs> immediately after the game. I'll be honest. Uh, wow. Here, yeah. So my my emotional high peaked uh, probably you know Sunday as I'm just dying on the couch. Um, but still, I agree with you. I'm glad we waited till till Thursday to get this going. Well, I'm glad you're feeling better. Yeah, me too. Good thing I'm going to Mexico um, in 12 hours. All right. Don't drink uh, the water. Offense. We touched on it just a little bit already but i mean quinn finding his groove that throw to jt sanders that's an nfl throw just absolutely threading the needle not putting too much force on it but putting it exactly where it needs to be at the right time i mean that is just unbelievable that that throw and that's you know that's really where it was like okay this game this game is over this this is pretty much sealed it um the comeback throws to worthy were the only kind of issue i mean i know he's throwing those really hard but he kind of has to he needs to make it so the only person who can catch that is worthy. No one else. Um, yeah, I know. I, I do worry about Worthy's hands in those situations. I, he's not great at those. You know, yeah, John Elway just rockets. Uh, no, he's a bread, bread basket, bread basket kind of guy. Exactly. So they can work on it. The pick. I, okay, I saw something. Sark said he thought the pick was on the. It hit the no. sky cam wire. No, it did not. I I couldn't. It was a really weird throw, and even on the rewatch, you can't really tell. I, I don't tell. know. You know, so I saw the same thing in his Monday presser, and I went and watched it again like three times to see if I could tell. The only reason why it kind of looks like it did is you watch the Oklahoma player who caught the ball. He was backtracking, and then like all of a sudden went forward and caught it, which was huh. odd. But I I I mean I, I don't know. It was a mistake, and I'm glad you know you you learn from it. Next time, you just throw the ball harder. Yeah, that was that was pretty dumb. I mean, regardless, it ended up not mattering, but easily yeah. easily avoidable. Just put some air under it, you know. Uh, but yeah, pretty, you give that pretty kid, hard to go ahead. I mean, you just give Quinn. I'm just wrapping up, giving him time. It's he's gonna complete something. It's just if he doesn't have pressure, he can move so gracefully, and he and like he feels like he's slow, but he's not. Now that slide that he had, Oh God, for the first down, that was the ugliest thing I've ever seen in my life. But uh, yeah. he, he moves slow, but it's so controlled. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, in, in general, I, I liked the, I mean, you already kind of hit on all the, the amazing points of the throws that he had. And, and I mean, I think the Bijan throw was probably the best of all the throws, even though it wasn't a gain of that many yards. But, I, I I think the Sanders one was, but yeah. Um, what was I going to get at? Oh, I liked how the game plan was get it out of his hands as quickly as possible. Not as quickly, but it just felt like it was quick hitter games. He wasn't really going to be touched all game. No. Um, and we'll get to that with offensive line. But we did a good job of getting him – or it came out like he was super uncomfortable. That was a horrible first three plays. But once we got in a groove, every pass was like one, two, maybe three seconds in the pocket. Um, it was just quick hitting routes. Um, I think the one, you know, there, some people were saying it was unfortunate that winning, I, I think it was Whittington who had two or three that he just kind of fell down immediately. One, I think, was on Jordan. But yeah. Two of them, yeah. you know, Quinn could probably put it in a better place, but it's like, I can't, it's kind of hard to critique the guy 
after such a performance like that. And it's just unfortunate to think where, you know, where we would be with, with him being healthy all year. Oh, uh, and it's just, yeah. he's so, he's so much more confident and uh, than, than Hudson. Yeah. And he just makes other players better, which is something you don't really see in sports. I don't know. It, it, unless a situation like this happens, you know, like you never see the, uh, impact that a player has on other people until they're gone like this quickly in a season and then when they come yeah. back they're back it's just it's uh, it's, it's, it's really weird to see i hadn't thought about that that is true i mean looking even like thinking like going back to bryce young last year like yeah he's obviously an unbelievable talent quarterback and winning the heisman and everything but like you know how good were his receivers you know that kind of type of question like did he make them better or did they make him better type thing and mm-hmm. I, I think you're right and that quinn makes it the guys around him better like definitively no question Mm-hmm. Um, going to these other guys that he's making look better. Bijan, great game. I thought Bijan had a great game and he still left 20, 30 yards out there. There was a few plays where I th- really thought like he, if he, if, you know, he's one little break, you know, if he can just keep himself up for half a second longer then he's gone for another 10 yards. I think he had at least two or three of those. Um, I, I think he can be invited to New York. I, that's a bold statement, but I think he can. Uh, he's going to get another marquee game in Stillwater. I mean, the yeah. two thirty game is going to be big. So, you know, go. Uh, we'll that's get there. A, that's yeah, ABC. I, I think New York. Hmm? That's the ABC too. I mean, yeah, I mean, he, he's got to need some help to get to New York. Um, I think CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, if he comes back and does what everyone expect him expects him to do. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe someone out of the West Coast will get. So there's only three guys, right? So he's kind of fighting for one spot here. Uh, geographically, it's in a, you know, if, if USC stumbles and uh, I don't think there's anyone else undefeated in the Pac-12, right? Uh, no. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it gets, he's in a position where if he goes and rushes over 100 yards every game and maybe gets hits a 200 finally, that he could, he could make it. But I think he just needs some help right now. Yeah. Uh, the best running back in the nation though. Oh yeah. Roshan still the heartbeat of the team. That guy just doesn't go down. It gives a great kind of change up, you know, that Jamie Moyer change up that we talked about a few weeks ago. Um, God, <laughs> Keelan got a touchdown. That was, that was awesome. Um, he deserved that even though he fell and almost busted that whole play up and, um, a little earlier. Well, he didn't fall was, on the touchdown play. No, I know. I mean, on the okay. earlier. Yeah. Yeah. And then Jonathan Brooks getting a touchdown. I mean, that's awesome. When was the last time you saw your third string running back get a touchdown? Fourth string, really. Um, yeah, no, that running back room is he, he looked really, really smooth when he was running. Granted, the OU defense was beyond the locker room at that point. They were oh, just yeah. <laughs> checked out. But yeah. uh yeah. Uh we talked about Whittington, but man, his blocking skills. I'm glad that that video kind of went viral on Twitter. Uh, on Keelan's touchdown because that is just a thing of beauty. I mean, he just manhandles uh, the OUDB, and he's been doing that all season. So glad he's getting recognition for other, um, you know, other aspects of the game. And he still, you know, had some good plays, some good – yeah, you, you mentioned the a few throws that Quinn could put some more under and, um, you know, maybe he can get some more yards. He's just so due for a touchdown. But, you know, five catches – Almost was that yards. ball on Quinn or was that on Jay Witt before the interception? I I, I can't uh, really. I think it was thrown too hard. I don't was, know. Yeah, like I don't Jordan. Know. After watching the replay, it looks like Jordan could have made a better play on it, but it also looked like a ninety mile mile an hour fastball. It's one of those plays that the the uh, the slowdown, whatever, like half speed, really makes it harder to tell. You know, like you really can't determine yeah. whose fault it was. Yeah, um, I mean, it just that uh, Whittington is when. He he finds he always seems to find like the perfect spot on the field, and then he goes and like runs over somebody every if he stays on his feet. Yes, you know he just hit. He, yeah, he's good for so, one. So so overdue um, for a touchdown, like you said, and I think it'll happen hopefully soon. But the problem is he just he's a classic eight to twenty yard catch uh, yard catch kind of guy, and that's unfortunately usually not what's getting us in the end zone. So yep. Uh, were these fairly quiet day? We mentioned, you know, a few drops on the comeback, nothing big over the deep. They were playing, you know, complete prevent, especially in the first half. And then, I don't know, I think by the time we got the second half, I mean, we didn't complete attempt to pass from two minutes on in the third. So really in only what, two possessions into the third, we were, th- we were throwing the ball or something like that. I mean, at, what are you going to do? It's kind of, 
not really his type of game as a blowout, you know. Um, but JT Sanders, man, he had an awesome game. Yeah, he's going to be one of, if not the best tight end in college football next year. I want to go ahead and get my name out on that one. He is an absolute freak. I mean, these defenses, I, they're playing cover three, they're playing cover two, whatever, cover four, just to try and um, limit Worthy and whatever else over the top. And that just makes it so much easier for a guy like a sure-handed, big-body tight end. There was that one dump off, I, I think it was like in the second quarter, and he was carrying five guys up the sideline. I was like, good All night. Right. Yep, sorry. I was watching something. Okay. You okay there? Uh yeah, JT Sanders, keep going. I'm listening. Okay. Well, he's really good. So between yeah, him and he, Whittington yeah, are he, intermediate routes, it's tough to to cover. Yeah, he I mean such a big body dude. That second touchdown to him where I mean, it was just like, oh, this is so this is so so easy. Um, but yeah, you mentioned the dub down password. I guess he stepped out of bounds. I don't know how the Big 12 refs missed that, but they did. Oh, no, I meant the other one, not that one. Talking about the end of the first half or? No, 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 no. When he carried the guys on the on the east or, yeah, on the – South or north? No, it's east. North, whatever, northeast. Okay. On our sideline. Oh, yeah, the sidelines are east, West. Yeah, you're right. On our sideline. He carried oh, the guys yeah, like yeah, five, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like five yep. OU guys upfield. Like, yeah, he's that was be, impressive. It'll be interesting to see how Billingsley coming back affects his uh, his touches. But yeah, I, mean, his, I was he, reading he's about that. I don't, I don't see him really taking anything away from Sanders. He's a redshirt freshman, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jeez. So five star talent, gonna five star talent, and then the absolute. Chef's kiss, perfect. Great game by the offensive line. Zero sacks against OU. Banks getting in fights, love it. Getting in fights, yeah. telling a guy to fuck off, and then literally running the other direction so he doesn't get a penalty foot on him. That kid is 19 years old. That's awesome. I fucking love that shit. Interior had a little bit of trouble on the run, especially getting going in that first series, but it ended up being a whole lot of nothing if those guys like if connor majors and uh what's his name hudson can get a push on the inside zone stuff this offense is literally unstoppable i, I don't understand how you can stop this offense and the only time they really rely on them is short downs downs uh you know to get a first down and they were able to still do that successfully despite not picking up big chunk plays but picking up the first downs on the ground when you can, when you need to, that is just, this offense is becoming so multidimensional and it's the scariest thing in college football, because if you just have every which way that you can get, you can beat a defense, you it's really tough to get stuffed and stopped. I, they, I don't know. You know, this, this, this offense, I guess, fully staffed offense hasn't had a chance to have a real shootout yet. And I really look forward to that. Yeah, yeah I agree. <laughs> I don't want to put that on our defense because our defense is playing well. But I think in two weeks we're looking at ourselves in a shootout. And I agree. I, yeah. I, I cannot wait to see this offense click in a what's going to be a great environment. I know. Like, I'm – don't get me wrong. I'm very happy it's at 2.30 and not at 7. Oh, yeah. But as a college football fan, let me take my orange sunglasses off. Why the fuck is this game not at 7? <laughs> like, this uh, game – what else is that I think, weekend? I think there's a Big Twelve. Like there's, I don't know. I don't. I honestly, we'll, we'll find out next week. But there's something in the Big Twelve that they did a night game for. It doesn't it, matter. But wh- whatever. It's just. Yeah, I, I know what you're saying though. You want to see the shootout. You want to see like the old school, not old school, but like the new school Big Twelve, just massive game. You know, big game that's everyone wants to watch. You know. Yeah, it's K State at TCU. Oh, fuck that. Whatever. I'm okay with it. I'll take the, uh, I'll take the, <laughs> the day game all day because last time we had a big game in Stillwater when Sam's senior year. Sure. It was just. I think that the home crowd made the difference in the game. I agree. Um, all right, let's go to the other side of the ball. The shootout. The shutout. 10Ks. 
no hitter, shutout. I I don't care that Gabriel is out. That was an unbelievable effort. Um, D line just absolutely menaces. Sweat, Coburn, Byron Murphy, Ojimo. They, I mean, they all all of them stuffed the run all day long. I saw. I think that was Ovi's best game. Not even close. I saw a couple of really good plays from him and some good pressures. Baron Sorrell with the, some sacks to kind of really put it away. Uh, I saw Coburn and Sweat. I think I think it was Coburn and Sweat are according to P, Pro Football Focus number like six and seven top graded interior D linemen in college football, which is awesome. Glad to see Coburn kind of throwing every throwing off last year and just coming into his own um, and really commanding that front of the defense. This this unit is playing way above what I thought they were going to be, and I thought they'd be pretty pretty decent yeah i mean you kind of mentioned the qb being out definitely helped they what i like the most is that they responded well to a little adversity when the wildcat came in um that was like a little spark of hope for the ou side um and the adjustments that were made i mean ultimately the wildcat's not going to be the, the the game plan that's going to win you a game um but the fact that they're able to make stops on both those both those possessions, and, and I mean, individually, I don't think any of the D backs really stand out to me. But um, all in no. all, they played just. A, I mean, like you said, the D line and, and Demarvion won another game without a targeting, so that's a win. Yep. Uh, but the shutout's always nice. It's it's. I kind of felt like they were going to get some like backdoor three points at one point. But. Yeah, I did too. I was really worried. Um. I thought. T- t- speaking of DBs, I thought Jaron and uh, Anthony Cook played really well in run support. They provided some big hits um, yeah, and stops. Jaron Thompson's a freaking. He's a bullet, and he hits really. He comes hard. out of nowhere, dude, and he's not. He doesn't look that big, but then he hits so hard. I don't know what it is. Um, yeah, I agree. Glad that Baron got that pick. That was an unbelievable read. You know, Watson, Sean never got challenged. Um, but still played smart and provided run support when they could. That Deshaun pick was, I mean, that's oof, that was an awesome, awesome play, even though it didn't matter at all. Um, and another thing on that fake double pass that also got Drake Stoops hurt, which I'm I, I'm not petty enough or not not petty enough to say that made me happy. So fuck that kid. Um, <laughs> on the fake double pass when Drake Stoops' ankle went four different directions. If you go back and watch, Wait, what happened well, to him? I, I didn't see this. What happened to him? So remember the fake double pass that like he never even threw. Yeah, he got hurt on that play and never came back. Huh? Yeah, it was really sad. We were all crying about it. And then, but if you watch Watts on that play, the receiver you know gives a you know fake block you know double move, then is on Watts sees it the whole way and is running with him. Never even looks in the backfield. I mean, he's got him just mopped up. That's why Stoops never threw it. Mm-hmm. That. Yeah, there was a few big runs, you know, but nothing extreme. No backbreakers like we're used to in this game, you know, with especially with the OU running tech been being what's been the past few years. I this defense is very good, and I I think the advanced stats have been right, and I know I've been harping on it for the past few weeks what they've been saying, and I think people are starting to realize that it's not just fairy dust this is an actually good cohesive well-coordinated very great communicating defensive unit i'd love to see where the stats would be without the tech game oh yeah i I saw a top like another just kind of weird stat we have most fourth down attempts uh against us in the country oh yeah and we're you know whatever like 40 or like 30 45th or something which you know isn't is okay that's fine but when you have that many attempts against you it's kind of tough it's weird that it's like statistically this defense is so good but yet there's so much doubt in him like there's no confidence in the defense yeah that's just battered battered fan syndrome but yeah i agree um i mean the jameson pick great to see him get another one um but just shutting them out that's that's enough about that's really all that needs to be said i mean yep Horrible, de- horrible offensive possession. That, that that whole coaching staff, not just Venable, should be embarrassed that they let it. I mean, that, that is that is horrible. But we've been on the other side of that before, and kind of is what it is. Once the 
once the momentum is gone like that on your side of the sideline, it's really, really hard to get your team up in the second half. And I mean, they, they didn't even show up in the second half. It, it yeah. was, it was ugly, but, um, you know, it was their best quarterback was their tight end. God, the, the Jada, Jedi, whatever it is, Baron pick like that. That, that was, was just another moment where it was like, Oh my God, this game is a joke. Uh, it, was, that, that was one of those like, yep. I know what that feels like. <laughs> I mean, it felt like we were playing a high school team, you know, they were trying to do anything uh, and everything to get down the field and like throwing all sorts of curveballs. And every single time we'd either stop them or get a pick. And it's just like, okay, this team isn't going to keep up. Um, but yet it felt so good. You know, if that kind of game happens at DKR, everyone's gone by like halfway through the third. But <laughs> yeah. that game being it's in, so different. Yeah. In, in the Cotton Bowl and just seeing everyone having a blast in the fourth quarter, you know, hanging out. And, not stressed. And like people, you could tell like third quarter, you know, like going to have, you know, go to get a corny dog, they're coming back, whatever. But then people kind of started realizing like, okay, wait, we have a legit shot of shutting these guys out. So every third down and uh, fourth down, whatever, was like even more of a, like just as loud as just as into it as it was in the first quarter. It was, it was fun to be a part of. Indeed. All right, let's go midseason assessment. I know it's crazy to think that we're midway through the regular season, but we are. Four and two, same record as where we are last year. And wow. I think we feel about 10 times better. That's obviously hindsight 2020 because, I, you know, the next six games or whatever didn't go too well. Um, but we still feel a lot better with where you are at and – Yes, the tech tech loss is really. I think that loss is going to hurt even more every se- as the season goes on, and the Bama loss is probably going to hurt a little bit more every week as Quint every week that Quinn stays healthy. That Bama loss is going to hurt even more. So, I, I, looking towards the rest of the season, it's obviously a harder schedule, but. What you know? What do you what do you see as success? Five wins, four wins. Like, what do you what are you mad about? What are you happy with? Um. So, I, I kind of feel like there's about to be a big drop off of all these teams that are ranked in the Big Twelve. I feel like you're going to see Kansas fall apart, especially with that quarterback going down. Um, Kansas State. I just feel like a bunch of teams are going to start. It's going to get more. All more injuries are going to start happening. Yeah. Um, you know, TCU will likely lose to Oklahoma State this weekend. So, all these guys that are ranked between 10 and – I don't think that's that likely. We'll get All these guys that are ranked between 10 and 20. Are, I mean, they're either going to be unranked or high 20s. I agree. Um, I mean, Baylor's getting beat by West Virginia right now. We have two places on our schedule that we got to go to that we have traditionally lost big games at, which are Stillwater and Manhattan. I think you get one. I don't know which one right now, but I think you get one. Um, it is very, very beneficial that we have a bye week in between the two of them. Um, a lot of people won't see that until we finish the game of Stillwater. Like, oh, we don't have a game next week, but it, it, that's that's huge. Um, if we win or lose the Stillwater game, I think that provides a week of getting everybody healthy. Um, if you lose that game and go to Manhattan, get a win. Yep. I don't see it being. I don't see it being hard to go three. You know, at the back end. So one, I think it's a five. Five wins should be the expectation. I agree. Anything less, anything less is a disappointment. I that's exactly what I said. I, I I said five is a disappointment for the rest of the season. We are betting favorites now too to Ooh, win the Big wait, Twelve. Five. Okay, I think you. Okay, there's your note. You said less than five is a disappointment. Yeah, I said anything. What is success? Question mark. Five wins? Question mark. Got I it. think anything yeah. less than five at this point is a disappointment based on what I've seen. Period. Making and I mean, if that's the case, you're making the big title game. Yeah, no, that there, there obviously needs to be some help if we lose another, one more game. There needs to be some help to get us another title game. But, um, man, I, uh, that offense is super, super promising. Um, still, so it's such a weird feeling. What a roller coaster of a season so far. Oh, yeah, it is absolutely absurd. And I was looking at Everyone's going to bash their freaking phone in every time I say advanced analytics, but whatever. I don't care. Like our former, you know, our first six games compared to our second six games. And it's about the same. Our next games are actually a little bit 
um, harder, which is weird to think about because you played Alabama, but I guess, you know, whatever tech and West Virginia and now OU, um, you wouldn't have thought that going into the, you know, going into the season, looking at the second half of the season, I don't think you thought that it would be a little bit harder than your first half, but I guess it might be. Um, well, speaking of second half of the season starts this weekend, 11 a.m. in Austin, that stadium is going to be buzzing. It's ACL weekend. It's going to be a little hot. I oh, no wonder the airport was so crowded this day. Yeah, I was, I'm kind of bummed. I'm not there, honestly. Um, oh my God. It was so crowded today i was yeah. i was i actually looked at i was like it's f1 this weekend and, I, and now it makes so much more sense just not one of the cool kids john you don't go to acl anymore mm-hmm. um oh darn iowa state stake uh cyclones coming into town matt campbell still the coach for now we'll see if what rumors he fends off of where he's going to next um with some openings coming up but He's still in Ames for now. Uh, going into their team, Hunter Decker is a quarterback. I think he's a redshirt sophomore. Not great, can kind of run, but definitely not Bro- uh, Brock Purdy or, uh, yeah, basically Purdy, that type of arm talent. Um, Xavier Hutchinson has been their position receiver. He's been there for a little bit. He's not a super fast guy, but he's a big guy. He's basically their version of Jordan Wington, maybe a little more fluid. That's going to be the Finally. focus. Finally, they don't have that running back. No, Brees Hall finally left, and their current guy is not that good. Um, this is not the running attack that you would normally see from Iowa State. They don't have those, you know, corn-fed three-star O-linemen that somehow play, like, lights out. Or, well, we'll find out on Saturday. But historically this season, they have not been playing that great offensively. I mean, the over-under of this game is 50, and we're – 16 point favorites. So that tells you all you need to know, really. Um, going to the other side of the ball, the reason that over under is a little bit lower is this is a very, very good Iowa State defense. Um, Will Hutchinson is probably the best DN in the Big 12 and one of the best in the uh, nation. He's been there for two or three years. You'll see him coming off the edge. This is a big game for Banks and Jones. Luckily, we've They've already played against arguably the two best DNs in the nation and Anderson and Dallas Turner. So they're ready for this. I'm, I'm not too worried about it, but if there's one kind of, you know, aspect of this game that could really change something, get a few big sacks, fumble sacks, something like that. It's this kid. Um, they love playing that three, three, five defense. They have huge safeties, pretty big corners, big linebackers, but they want, to drop the safeties, drop the corners, let the front five handle the run, and then the safeties will come and mop up if need be. And they're going to let everything play in front of you. They're going to play physical, try to break up the ball, and not really let anything over the top. Um, it's going to be intermediate stuff. I, I This might be a game where you're okay with Quinn throwing a pick. It's just how it is. If he, if he has to force one, you know, he's got to force one. It's – kind of how you got to beat a defense like this is taking some risks and taking some deep shots and trying to get over the top of them as much as they don't let you. Uh, To me, this is a Whittington and Sanders game. The intermediate stuff, the screens, the dump-off passes, the floods, what we've seen so far that's worked very, very well to get the chunk yardage and then try to let Bijan break a few and Roshan, you know, hopefully as well get Keelan involved in spurts like we've seen. I'm not seeing our offense change too much. Maybe a few more shots to Xavier, but again, not a a ton. I don't know. This is a good Iowa State team. Have you watched watched them? No, I have not. Um, I kind of was looking through their stats. They don't have much of an electric offense. Hutchison is going to need to be shut down. And I don't think we have a DB or a corner that's going to do that. So they're going to have to have safety or help over the top there. It's nice they don't have that like six eight tight end, Solar or Cole or whatever his name is. Yeah, he, Charlie Kohler, he's gone. Yeah, so we're finally getting away from some of those weirdly athletic three-star guys they had. Um, they've lost each of the last three games by less than a, what are like one possession each game, one point obviously versus Kansas State. So they play, they play very tight games. Um, hopefully this isn't very tight. This feels like a type of game where you already said it, we're going to have a turnover or two, 
but it's going to be due to the fact that we're taking risks and it's not just like mistakes, mistake throws. Um, I, I think you're going to see a little bit of a hangover in the first quarter on our end. This is just going to be a lot of excitement, um, but I do see us eventually taking over uh, the line of scrimmage, taking over time of possession of the game and ultimately winning this thing. Um, I don't, I don't know about 16 though. I so I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it, heck we just won a game by 49 points, but I just, I don't like the hangover, the 11 AM and a very defensive minded program that, that has honestly shut us down uh, for a year, a couple of years in a row now. So I like us to win the game, but I don't know if I like 16. I agree. I think 16 is a pretty big number. Uh, I, I think it's like a 30 to 17. Now, granted, you and I have both been off severely on our predictions this year. Um, but, yeah, I think it's 30-17 is what, what I'll guess. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I agree with you. There's going to be a turnover or two on this offense. And I don't hate the what you're saying about um, – a little bit of a hanger in the first quarter. Well, that's a true testament to this coaching staff and like, how do they come out? They've come yeah. out, Sark's coming out so, so well. I know the first possession this past week was bad, but look at the next two. Um, and, and then look at the defense. So yeah, it's going to be a little bit of a rock fight, but trust your defense, put some pressure on them. I think that, don't let Hutchison take over the game and you can, you can contain this, this defense or this, this offense um, of Iowa state. Um, all right. Games of the week. Pin, pretty good slate. Actually, probably the best slate of the year. Great so slate. What are you talking yeah. about? That's a pretty good. It's the greatest one we've had. Um, Penn state at Michigan, 11 a.m. on Fox. Michigan's my seven. I, is JJ McCarthy legit? I haven't watched him enough. I don't really know. It sounds like Harbaugh is like, letting them off the chain a little bit, letting them really sling it. And so maybe he is, but I, I really can't tell. Um, I know Sean Clifford isn't that good. So I kind of like Michigan in this. Um, it's going to be an ugly, ugly Big Ten game, though. Uh, Bama at Tennessee, 230 on CBS. Tennessee's plus seven. This is probably the best game of the day. I, Bryce Young's, I think, back. I haven't seen a definite thing, but from our uh, – Former guest, uh, Dr. Gunter Glad, he, he thinks he's going to play. Tennessee's without their best receiver, and I think a corner just got suspended for getting in a fight with a cop or something like two days ago. Uh, this is going to be – That's normally not very good. No, not on a bye week. And it's uh, – man, it's Tennessee. I hate Tennessee. They low down. They some snitches. You ever seen that video? No. That's, a, that's, an, that's an old YouTube 1.0 video. Um, this is going to be a fun game, though. Tennessee – I think Tennessee can win – and if they do win, I'll go ahead and make a very bold prediction that they beat Georgia. But i not saying they will win. I think if Bryce Young's back, I think Bama can win this actually pretty easily. If Tennessee beats Bama, it would be a great uh, opportunity for the Ole Miss boys to go, uh, go make a run at the SEC championship game. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. I mean, Mississippi State too. If what if the Egg Bowl is determining <laughs> the SEC West? Oh that's, my, that is. Oof, I don't know if the world's ready for that. <laughs> if yeah, I mean, you hope that Bryce Young comes back and plays. You want like team to be a team that Tennessee beats is like their full strength team, not just like Jalen Milrow led Alabama team. Because I mean, frankly. AM had an unbelievable opportunity to be that Jalen Milrow team, and they should have if they would actually call the play to the to the end zone instead of the one and a half yard line. Yeah, that was so that was Jimbo at its finest. Um yep. Milrow looked terrible too. Oof. Uh, biggest game in the Big 12, Oklahoma State at TCU, 230 on ABC. TCU's minus four. Last two unbeaten teams in the Big 12. I really don't love Sanders. I've been on the record for that for like three years. He's just too erratic, and he kind of can twist off sometimes. And this is definitely not the Oklahoma State defense of last year. I think TCU wins this, and honestly, I don't think it's close. This is this is really? their – Yeah, I think TCU's up winning this game by two touchdowns or something. Wow. I, I think this is their Super Bowl, obviously, until they play us. I, I just don't – I don't trust Gundy's defense coming on the road. I know it's TCU, and they only have like 35,000 people in that stadium – 
but it gets in other teams' heads. It does. I don't know what it does. It's that damn fucking train. I don't know what it is, but it gets in other teams' heads. Hmm. I don't. I don't know if I like that. I'm going to take Oklahoma State in that game. I. I just. I feel like Gundy's got something going there, and Sanders is like a seven-year senior or whatever he is at this point. I, I just like him to go in there and get – it's going to be tight, but I, I think Oklahoma State wins. And then the biggest disappointment of all time is the freaking Mustangs got whooped by West, West Texas A&M last week. Yeah, we are not having a good year. At we're home, like too. Three and three. We got some uh, issues with the coaching staff. We got we to we gotta figure that one out. I mean, Dylan Sterling Cole was – uh, three of seven. It looks like he got might have gotten benched. Ooh, yeah. We gotta. We might need to have a conference call about about the team and how we're doing. There's actually two. I mean, sorry, most of your team's not doing it all. So we're gonna we're gonna move on. But there's two other games that are like really kind of good too. That we got a late night game, a USC and Utah. Yeah, I wanted to put the USC Utah. That's a great game too. Um, there's some underrated ones. I mean, this is. I know it sounds. A little yucky, but Minnesota, Illinois at 11 a.m. Illinois' defense is really fucking good, and Minnesota's offense yeah. is pretty damn good. Um, and then Kansas and Oklahoma is interesting with Jalen Daniels out. Uh, Syracuse is undefeated, and they're hosting NC State. Yeah, the and then whatever dome. Florida State's hosting Clemson. That I mean, that just smells upset, right? And um, then Mississippi State at Kentucky. Is Will Levis playing, though? I don't know if he is. God, this is a good slide. And if you're up real late, we got Nevada at Hawaii. Uh, Will Levis is playing. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not going to watch any of these games. Pre-shout out to uh, Witt on his bachelor party. Um, yeah, good slate. Great, great uh, weekend to sit on the couch and watch some football. Happy to report I have no plans other than watching football and playoff baseball. So it's going to be a great weekend. No one cares about baseball. Um, You're just jealous. No one cares about the the Texas A&M of MLB. All right, good podcast. That's not a good analogy. I'll tell you why many times. It is the the perfect analogy. It is like I can tell you why it's not a good analogy right now, but we're not going to waste a lot of time. Just as obnoxious. Just as obnoxious. Hawaii versus Nevada, 10.50. Are you even more obnoxious? 10.59 at night. Stay up. What's the line? <laughs> I don't know. Is it in, wait, is it in Hawaii? Yes. Ooh. Never bet against the Rainbow Warriors uh, when they're on the island. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We go get will... a, go, if you're going to the game, get a W. Cheer loud. It's uh Gotta keep the momentum going. Yeah, I, I think the stadium is going to be kind of rocking for an 11 a.m. game. I'm very, very jealous. If you need tickets, text me. All right, thanks everybody for listening. I come in at 5 a.m. and she's waiting for me. She said, where have you been? I said I was out. She said, you're no good because you're running without love. I'm going straight to hell, just like my mama said. Running down and shouting out sun. Next door, a girl, she lives about the same age as me. And she asked me to come upstairs and see. Just then, her mother burst in and said, You son of that bitch, you know it. Get out of my house and hit the road. So I, I kept her falling like a road in stone song. I'm going. I'm going straight to hell Yeah, I'm going straight to hell Just like my mama said
bucks and a suitcase steered me clear She took my hand and we walked into the sun The new day's promise had begun We'll make it along whether you like it or not I turned around and shouted, help me mother I'm going straight to hell Just like my mama said 